Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to the Smackdown Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dadly Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of Friday Night Smackdown. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review Smackdown, but also Raw, NXT, Point. AEW Dynamite, AEW Rampage, pay-per-views, we have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week, complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick to look ahead to SmackDown tonight. That's right, in the first round of the draft, the SmackDown preview selects Michael Sidgwick. Yay! <laughs> I'm just busy, that's all. Um... But anyway, Sid, it is the draft tonight, and are you looking forward to what some people are calling the best wrestling show of the week? No, dear, that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's better than wrong, isn't it? Yeah, uh, only, yeah. Just. only just. Uh, only just. We got all the fallout from Extreme Rules, of course, but yeah, the first night of the draft. It's weird, isn't it? Because I used to love drafts, because I used to think it would be like, you know, them stealing some of the top red brand stars. And now it's this weird hybrid where it's like the first night is just one half of the roster and half of it is just them drafting people they already have. Yeah, it's weird. They do it across two nights because it's a traditional, decent ratings draw. Um, I love the draft and the timing of the draft, not for the right reasons, mind you, but it's class. I love the idea. It was better when it was called the Superstar Shake-Up, and mm. I'll tell you why. I like the idea that, at first, the idea was we are going to do a definitive brand split. And each show, Raw and SmackDown, way back in the 2002 day, was going to be a separate entity. Should have done it with WWF and WCW. Why are you going to do this? this, this, this screw that up. Thanks, Buffer. Well, I got a book to eat. <laughs> Maybe don't put them on. Was it Atlanta they put the show on it? Uh, no, they put it in Tacoma. That was it. Tacoma, and they Washington. had Atlanta yeah. the next week. That was exactly what I'm thinking. Great, great stuff. No uh, one likes it here. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> so they used to do it in a way that makes sense. And then as years went by, it was just a... Uh, the implicit reason was, we can't book that well. It's getting a bit boring, so let's just shuffle some things about. And to be fair, it used to be like... You're a bit crap. Do you want to just be on SmackDown? <laughs> yeah. That was that big period when they were like, oh, Triple H is on bloody SmackDown. Ugh. 
And then as the years went by, it just became one roster, two shows, and then decided, oh, this is boring as well. Maybe <laughs> we should Maybe we should just try hard. No, no, let's just do a draft again. Oh, all right, okay. And then when it was called the Superstar Shake-Up, I distinctly remember latter period wax candle, garble voice, Vince McMahon coming out on stage before he was too embarrassed to do it. Mm-hmm. For longer than literally five weird seconds that he's been doing it this year. One of these days we're doing an entire podcast. Uh, yeah, like you do the Italian voice, and I'll do the vi- this business voice. Right, for world. And Vince McMahon literally went, "Well, it's boring." So we need to shake things up around here. It's like you've been doing it for a year. How many times in the last 10 years have they come out and gone, God, this show's crap, isn't yeah, it? They bury it more than I do. That's my favorite bit of this thing, of the discourse and the bias and all the rest of it. Like WWE literally says it's as bad as we do. It, it, There's it, a top 10 list, isn't it? Top 10 times WWE said their own show is crap. They either say it's, I've already done it, of course. Yeah, brilliant. Because the amount of times they go, no, it is crap and it's our fault. Or they go, no, it is crap and it's Baron Corbin's fault. It's just like, how about you just make it good? Or, or sweaty Shane McMahon comes down and goes, I'll get lag marks and uh, it's going to change everything. If I beat the Undertaker at WrestleMania. <laughs> anyway, we get off topic. I was going to ask you who needs to move in the draft, but it's, it's kind of something or nothing, isn't it? Like, we talked about in the news this morning, Andy and I, about how... You know, there's some of the names being suggested were like Dakota Kai, Aaliyah, Zia Lee. I was like, oh, cool. So people who haven't been on NXT for like two months now and all the, not the no reflection on them or anyone else I'm about to mention, but the dead wood of NXT 2.0. Because this is now just Brad Breaker's world and they're just living in it. So, yeah, it's, it's I suppose it's a little bit of that and maybe the occasional, just to pluck her name out of thin air because she's on a bit of a, push now, having spent a dreadful time on Monday Night Raw. The Shayna Baszler's of this world, for example, if she moved to SmackDown with this new emphasis that she's got, it could be interesting. But I suppose anyone probably, aside from the last couple of weeks, you want to move from Raw to SmackDown, don't you? Because that seems to be the it show, even though they might not be able to find time for you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't know who the hell moves where, if I'm being perfectly honest. I don't think it matters to a great degree. There's no, it's like it's the same booking committee. Mm. It's not like, oh, I'd love to see this WWE person in AEW so they can be booked really well and allowed to express their character and succeed on their own merits. It's like, I'd like to see this person take an Irish whip off a red rope instead of a blue one. Like, Let's think about it pragmatically and be less facetious about it. Um, Roman Reigns needs new challenges. Cesaro, gone. Demon, can we get to the demon later? We'll talk about that, yeah. Fantastic. He's dead in the water. Um, much like the fish on land, literally, in his case. <laughs> um, so Roman Reigns needs someone from Raw, and I think the betting has trended in the direction of Drew McIntyre for quite some time. Um, regrettably, this will mean that they won't do it in November and October because he's got Lesnar and one would presume Big E Survivor Series. They've already done that. But it'll still be good as a singles because yeah. that chemistry was awesome. See, I said something nice on the freaking SmackDown preview. <laughs> Regrettably, Drew McIntyre is not a WrestleMania 38-sized opponent. And you know what this means, don't you? It means that Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre are going to have three pay-per-view yeah, matches yeah, that. or two pay-per-view matches and a TV blow-off. Two of the matches will end 
inconclusively with some bollocks like a DQ with the Usos coming in. Or Especially some, a TLC, that'll be good. Yeah, absolutely. So you know what to expect before they hope and we hope that The Rock in Roman Reigns happens. Um, so yeah, Drew to SmackDown. Who can go over to Raw to make the three hours more tolerable? You need. I suppose a- they're getting Big E, effectively. So I don't know what the exact ruling is on that, because it's like... I never really know. He's, that, he's big. He's a raw guy now. He's got the raw title. Yeah, but this, uh, they've done it before, where the title can move shows, can't they? When they were like, "Well, both titles are going to be on SmackDown at this rate, or whatever." So I suppose officially they'll go. All right, officially we're getting Biggie, yeah. or, or because of because they, they don't rely on their own rules. We're drafting all the new day. Why, why didn't you draft all the new day before when you only drafted two of them? Yes, and didn't, didn't draft Biggie. What? That was ages ago. No one will remember that. <sighs> Seth Rollins could go over to work, Big E. Mm, that'd be good. I'd a like Seth that. Seth Rollins, Big E program. It'll go three pay-per-view matches. Uh-huh. You know how this thing works. It's Which pay-per-view would you like this this match to take place at? TLC or the Royal Rumble? Vince McMahon. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Sounds good. But no, I'm trying to think of the best matches, irrespective of whether we'll see them too many times or one too many times. Um, Drew versus Roman. They had a very well-worked cliche of a match I described it as at Survivor Series last year, but like they still have awesome physical chemistry, so maybe they can be forced to think. That's the good thing. The one good thing about having three matches is that they are forced to not do every trope in every match. They have to stagger the tropes. That'll be good. Big E versus Seth Rollins will be good. Um, the only issue with Seth Rollins being on a three-hour Raw show is that everything on the three-hour Raw show goes three or four minutes longer than it needs to do, mm. which is suboptimal in the case of Seth Rollins because all of his promos feel like they go 20 minutes. At, yes. Do you remember his sermon on Raw? I tried to forget it, but yes. It was it 2020? Uh, like pre-pandemic? Yeah. It, it, it makes me or feel late the way, 2019. It makes me feel that inside the way I felt during the pandemic. Uh, Not that it's over, of course. Everyone stay safe, but you know what I mean. God, I so oh, I regret this pitch. I regret that was one of the few things when, when Seth moved to SmackDown. Oh, well, first of all, I went, oh, thank God, they're getting rid of that whole mysterio Seth Rollins storyline, and then he just moved all of them over. But still, like you said, he was just toitening up the, the promos, and then yeah, if he goes back, but who knows? I think you could see someone like a Ricochet moving to SmackDown because it's, it's, it sounds weird. It's, I don't want to miss seeing this come, come across wrong or badly, but uh, wishing someone a move in the draft is akin in my eyes to wishing that they get injured for six months because it's like a reset. It's like they've booked them terribly. They're probably going to book them terribly in a few months' time, but that might be just a chance for the first couple of months they might book him well. And Ricochet could be an ideal Cesaro-esque, maybe, opponent for Roman Reigns if you want to sort of fill a thing in terms of, you know, they did it with, I know they did it with Brock and he got murdered in two minutes or whatever, but I feel like Roman would be up for doing some fun stuff with him um, in the midst of, like you say, a Brock. maybe Brock Lesnar gets drafted to Raw, who knows? Do you think he shows up tonight, Brock, whilst we're talking about him? Um, we're going to have to build this match. Mm. Well, we've got ha- three weeks, less than, under three weeks now, I think. Have they advertised him? Uh, Brock for tonight's show... Uh, define advertised because they showed a video. Have they clip. said he's going to no. be there because <laughs> they did that last time, didn't they? Look, if they've already got the draft and edge, if they're smart, Brock's coming. But if they're smart, <laughs> if they're smart, then realistically they can save. They love to go week to week for the reigns. That's what they do. They like they go like segment to segment with the oh god, well the opening match has been ruined, so we'll do it in the main event instead to keep your attention. When they don't do it like that, they do it week to week to week and not long term at all. But the idea is, if Edge is going to be there, 
Not that he's a ratings mover, but they might think he is, even though he's not. And the draft is happening, then maybe Brock won't be there. You maybe d- Edge moves to Raw, actually. Oh, it's a lot of intensity for three hours. It's already intense enough. He'll be like grit on Monday nights. Edge is a heel. I mean, the, the live crowds like him too much. Edge versus Big E might be entertaining. Because Big E's like a really explosive fella. Edge is a great counter-wrestler. Wily. Very wily. So I think that uh, combination, that dynamic, that chemistry could be good. But the problem is that if he's going to be an opponent for Big E, like live crowds really, really like Edge. So maybe they are resisting the temptation to turn him until everyone gets sick of him. Before we move on, you mentioned NXT call-ups. And I love the idea. What about Dakota Kai? Going from nowhere to somewhere, kind of. I mean, literally, it does count as a move, if you like. But... um, Champa isn't going anywhere yet. Um, cool Kyle O'Reilly. I just can't imagine. I think he's just going to be in a weird wilderness, mm-hmm. like doing the thing that he's doing now, which is making big men look broadly competent, like uh, Ridgebody Holland and one would expect Von Wagner. Um, I can see Raquel Gonzalez. This is my tip. If, I, if you're saying put money on it, you have to go one way or the other. I can imagine... Raquel Gonzalez doing a weird carry and cross deal where it's like, oh, the size of her. I want them. Uh, I want them on the show. Oh well, she got the title. Who cares? You know, that, yeah. well, they've done it before. Uh, they'll do it again, and I think they'll do it again in the case of Raquel Gonzalez. Dream scenario for me. It's not going to happen, and if it does happen, they will ruin him. But tonight we have another whatever it's called, happy TV segment, happy talk, that's what it's called, the happy Corbin segment, and he comes out and he boasts about having ridiculous with him, and look, I killed Kevin Owens last week, and ha ha ha, I'm the best guy on SmackDown, I'm the richest guy on SmackDown, Kevin Grimes, baby, to the moon, and then they'll ruin him in two weeks and put him in the 24-7 championship. Yeah, this is all likely yeah. to happen. Um, LA Knight has been rumoured. Yes, he's a good good choice as well. That makes sense. Like, he could theoretically be one of the guys who works, like, the, the baby faces. I know for a fact he's doing the Odyssey Jones thing. That's been teased. Nothing that gets teased usually ever happens <laughs> um, around this time of year. But LA Knight, just imagine, and I pitched this in the office earlier, so you've already heard it, but just imagine if, because she loves the limelight, and you and I absolutely despise her. Stephanie McMahon's there reading out the list of names, and she announces Raw or SmackDown have drafted one L.A. Knight, and he's here tonight, and he comes out to cut a promo akin to he did when he first arrived in NXT, and he turns to Stephanie McMahon, and he says, cheers, Tut, I'd die. Like Roman Reigns, uh, Daniel Bryan, Dean Ambrose, were all either slapped or belittled. If you think 38-year-old Eli Drake is going to get one over on Stephanie McMahon, you're on absolute dreamland. But, yeah, LA Knight, he fits in everywhere these days because NXT is exactly the same as Raw <laughs> SmackDown. So it's not like... It was a weird philosophical mismatch, but in actual fact, he really complimented NXT. Whether anyone compliments the main roster outside of a select handful in 2021 is a matter of debate. But, look, he's got a hell of a promo on him. And... Maybe he's one of the few who, because he's so good at cutting promos, his delivery's great, he's got a real wit about him. Maybe he's one of the select few. Kevin Owens has this, Roman Reigns has this, Big E has this, where they can just be trusted Mm. to get their own stuff over. Um, I'm 
begging for any kind of expression or improvisation on these shows. So I would happily pitch Eli Drake, sorry, LA Knight, as someone who can go to Raw SmackDown for the precise purpose of actually doing things he wants to do and getting over as a halfway believable performer. <laughs> uh, let's briefly talk about Edge and Seth Rollins. He's going to confront Seth tonight. He was, you know, supposedly written off, and then he was... Seth was shooting on him and talking about Beth Phoenix and what have you. And then we got the tweet last week. Um, you sense this is probably going to Saudi for the big blow-off? Yeah, one would expect. I've got no interest in this anymore. And it's a shame because the whole idea is he's suffered in storylines a really severe injury. And then the heel has been a total dick about it. And all of these ingredients should go towards like a real heated personal grudge rivalry and it's just not very interesting to me i uh it's just doesn't feel real at all it's not really it's just not entertaining at all it's not dramatic it's not i just find it really boring and drab and intense and melodramatic and it's i've described it in an article before as it's edge doing oscar bait you know like serious best picture nominations yeah like, it's becoming a bit old hat, this take, but it was certainly true about five years ago, ten years ago, and well into that past. Is to get an Oscar, you have to make the most poor-faced, serious, solemn film imaginable. Or put yourself through unimaginable things, akin to DiCaprio, for example, in The Revenant. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. where you have to make it as serious as possible because serious is a synonym of good because Hollywood's got this default bias against, like, horror, comedy. did the Martian win, like, a Golden Globe for comedy? And you're like, I don't think you understand what comedy <laughs> is, lads. <laughs> That's what Edge does in his promos. The most super serious, solemn intensity, the idea that it's worthy and grandiose and... It's just not great telly for me. It's not really interesting. I can't really take it that seriously. It's going to be another continuation of that. I dread the extent to which he's going to scowl and glower in this promo. Just get to the matches because get to the, get to the rubber match because you'd expect like certain wrestlers generate noise in Saudi Arabia, like your Ortons, your Triple H's, um, your Cena's. Kane, Kane's mask going off. Yeah. yeah. Oh, was that Saudi Arabia? It was Saudi Arabia's best best shit. Um, <laughs> Edge will likely be one of them, so you won't get the weird house show vibe that these um, Saudi shows generally elicit. Get to the match. I cannot be asked for the promo. Just have some fun with it, like you say. Like I know he's serious, and he's you know you tried to end my career, Seth. Blah blah blah, or end my life, or whatever you guess. I'd just have fake neck brace. No, I'd, 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 I'd go whole hog on this. I'd go Seth promo immediately after Edge gets drafted to Raw. Out he comes. <laughs> well, looks like you're not going to be able to get your hands on me, Edge, etc., etc. But Edge is the ultimate opportunist. You forget about that, Seth. And he's already got the match booked. And he comes out and attacks Seth. And he rips off a neck brace, let's say, and says, I'm A-OK for Saudi Arabia. <laughs> I don't know why he's cutting like an 80s promo, but still. Like, have some fun with it, as you yeah. said. Edge... If only Seth Rollins was more like Edge before he made the comeback, because then he'd be banter and entertaining. Here's how I would book this. Throughout the night, it's sort of teased. Yes, we promised Edge, but, you know, he's in a delicate, precarious medical condition. Um, we can't guarantee the injury he suffered was really, really, really grave and serious. Um, we're hoping he arrives at the arena any minute. He's scheduled to. This will act as an episodic hook. 
throughout the show to theoretically hook uh, the viewers. Oh, Edge might be here. Edge might be here, the 55-year-olds who watch him will say. <laughs> and then... Stay awake. He'll keep mentioning on commentary, even throughout the night. Now it does this the final angle of the show. Throughout the night, um, various performers say, like, you know, stick around, Edge might be here. Like, build the idea that Edge might come if we can just will him to get to the arena. And then, you think, you know me. Huge pap. You bab. And then uh, Seth Rollins comes out, dressed as Edge, with the old school shades, the big long trench coat, neck brace and crutches. And then he can do this crowd appeal where he can, instead of doing the hands thing, he can do it with the crutches. <laughs> That's quite And then good. he can put the crutches in the air and then fall over. And I go, bloody. oh, my bloody neck. <laughs> like that kind of thing. <laughs> like, <coughs> crawl to the ring, like, holding his neck the whole way. Like, the impersonation bit. I haven't seen a good impersonation bit since Ricky Starks mm. doing Derby. You can do that again. It's been a long, long time um, by wrestling standards to do that bit. And then you can have... Seth Rollins, like, genuinely poke fun at how kind of self-important and gritty this Edge character is and take the piss out of him. And then the real you think you know me hits. Seth Rollins looks at the entrance tunnel, takes off the neck brace, and then Edge comes out from the back to meet him. Seth Rollins turns around, smiles when he sees a neck brace of Edge's own, Edge takes it off, clocks him over the head. Execution. I'll see you in Saudi Arabia. Boom, done. It's more fun than anything we'll do tonight. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Let's talk extreme rules fallout. Um where to begin? We've got Sasha Banks. Demon. So, yeah, well, let's start with that. Of course, the Demon looked like he uh, he had the match won. He climbed the turnbuckle, uh, and then, unfortunately, it broke, and he sort of landed on, well, a mixture of his leg and... These nuts. Um, <laughs> I'm set it up on the gimmick. Yeah. That still was popped. I mean, I'm genuinely flabbergasted that I saw people going... 
Can't wait till they follow this up on SmackDown. They aren't following this on SmackDown, are they, brother? They are moving straight along. The key for the giveaway was commentary where they were like, well, in re- uh, you know, top rope broke. Oh, my God, the demon lost. The Roman Reigns, oh, who, who did this for him? And he can maybe do a thing where he looks up high for, you know, divine intervention in his match. But then there's no way they're going to be like, well, one day we'll run this back, brother. They are moving right along to Bro- Brock Lesnar, aren't they? Yes, there's one way. They're not going to... They might acknowledge it. They might not. They did it in this ridiculous quest to protect Balor. Yeah, we should protect him. Should, uh, what's worse, a loser or a geek? Well, a loser if the match is great and the opponent's credible enough, but regardless. If I'm booking this, and you want to get the demon's heat back, blah, and you want to tie it into established continuity, on this show. Finn Balor's backstage being interviewed, and just as Gaila is about to get his thoughts, into the frame walks Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn can say, see, see, there is a conspiracy in this company, and now you're in the crosshairs of the conspiracy. What are the chances that the ring would break is a defective ring, or is it a nefarious member of this sort of shadowy mm-hmm. power structure that's keeping me down? And Finn Balor can just say, if they want to keep him as a baby face, say you're talking nonsense, Sammy, and then just kick his head in. And then they can... <laughs> I've already done that match, and it was mid, so... <laughs> but, you know, they could... In, uh, that would be a good way to just... Because the Roman Reigns thing isn't going to happen. If you think it's going to happen, you're either an idiot or a bad faith actor. And they're not going to do a big rematch between Finn Balor and Roman Reigns in which Finn Balor simply loses. Might, but like, how do you even... How does Finn Balor not look like a tit in any circumstance on this night? Could he complain about the defective ring? Could he just say, oh, what a klutz I am? I mean... He's going to be drafted to Raw as well, I think. Yeah, probably. Because then they can just go, oh, well, we would have run it back, but what the hell? Should we have control this draft that's got going on? Shut that door, there's a draft coming in. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <sighs> I don't, basically, I felt we needed to cover off the demon, and you and I are in the same boat here of, yeah, they're not going to, they're just going to go, oh, what a nightmare. What a nightmare. Moving on. It's the, it's the, oh no, anyway, meme, but just with Finn Balor, unfortunately. However, on the other side of things, you've got Sasha Banks returning at Extreme Rules, Screwing up the finish to that SmackDown Women's Championship match that Bianca Belair looked like she had won. Becky Lynch, though, retains that title. And I've said this from the beginning, from the moment Becky Lynch came back, you genuinely have to try hard to screw up these three women around that title and running all the way to the Royal Rumble, for me, at the bare minimum. <sighs> Look, we've literally just had a conversation about the absurd lengths with, with which... They tried to, quote-unquote, protect the demon. The idea of protection in WWE booking is a joke, has been for several years. This is one of the more ironic versions yet, which leads me to this triple threat. I can say it on this podcast. Mm -hmm. Triple threat feud between Charlotte, Charlotte, just whenever I think of WWE (laughs) women, Charlotte comes in, for one, she's not in it. Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks, and Bianca Blair. What is the one thing these three women have in common? They're women. 
Yeah. What else? Yeah. All I, I former should be, champions. Uh, right. I'm not going to play this game because he might get cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they've all got the letter B because they're part of the nine Bs of SmackDown. Good idea. Yeah. Carry on. You heard this gimmick. I have, I have, I have. I'll explain to you. It's very, very convoluted. Remember the SmackDown 6? Shut up, man. I want to get the Rampage one done after this. I just want to get the Rampage. These three women are, in fact, women. Will Bone, well done. Yes, nailed it. They're all former champions because most are in this company because the titles are meaningless. All three of them, WWE, don't really want to beat. Yes. There's always like an excuse like, oh, I wasn't ready and I got slapped by someone I didn't expect to turn heel on me. Oh, someone's come back and ruined the match. If we get a triple threat, and we will, I just can't look forward to it because we know that we're in for some kind of roll-up finish. No, oh, I can tell you finish right now. One of them hits a finisher, gets around at the ring, and the other one takes the pin. Yeah. Well, let's move on then. Is that the end of the show? <laughs> it's not the end of the show, but... Having Sasha, but like they are spoiled for choice, I suppose, in the women's division on SmackDown right now. Yeah, the, the three way should be great. The triple threat, sorry. Mm. See, I've got manners. Um, now, I can't believe that we've called it for this night, but myself and Michael Hamlet from the beginning have said, 1st of October 2021, ring that date in your diary, because that is the night that Dominic Mysterio turns on his dad. We've always said it. Sami Zayn to, uh, said to Dom last week as he was having a bit of a back and forth with his dad in the locker room when Ray left him to his thoughts. Sami Zayn said, quote, trust your instincts. It's happening, isn't it? I mean, it is, yeah. It absolutely is. There's going to be a fallout in a match. Reports surfaced about a few weeks ago that WWE really wanted to do it. Ray Mysterio really did not. Who's going to win? You can tell by the last two weeks that they've already won and that the seeds have been planted. Um, look, because this is a running bit, I'm going to say the same thing. That's how running bits work. Watching Dominic Mysterio emote, it's quite a complicated emotion or a range of emotions that he's going to have to, like, perform in order and express. Like, I'm not going to fight with my dad. Imagine having a fight with your dad. Look at the headspace. You'd have to get yourself into to have a fight with your dad. My goodness. That'd be torture. Mm. You'd have to at once hate him so much that you'd be willing to bring yourself to do it. But the thought of bringing yourself to do it would just would really, really upset you mm. and torment you. And There's no going back after that. No going back. Well, there is. They'll make friends. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean IRL, but you know, not in this. But. Yeah, yeah. And the best thing about this perspective match is that we're going to have to see this inner torment expressed by a guy who he's got like knee face <laughs> have you ever seen him have a different face I've, I've seen, no expression and pain and happiness but they're all very much of a muchness yeah like everyone can smile apart from Stephanie McMahon <laughs> so smiling doesn't count smiling doesn't count pain like he's, he's a wrestler so he sells and then, otherwise, it's just this. And you, I don't think, even though it's not a visual podcast, people know the face you're pulling there. Describe, <laughs> describe it for them. <laughs> it's you've <laughs> let every muscle in your face relax, except for your eyes, which you're just looking at dead ahead, the thousand yard stare. But 
I think they're going to get to a point where I just really hope one of these weeks Dominic Mysterio wins and his dad puts him on his shoulders and then the next week Dom goes, Honey, you should face Sami Zayn now. Get him back for what he did. Rey Mysterio wins. Up you go, Dad, just like you did for me. And then he an electric chairs his dad on that ramp, probably in Saudi Arabia because they're going to do all of it there and if they want to wreck on it, they can, because that's how it works. Uh, let's conclude by talking about one of your favorite things, and that's authority figures in wrestling, Michael Sidgwick. Sonny Deville has had this weird role across both shows, sort of feuding with Postman Pierce, and then they just forgot about that, basically, and carried on. And now she's in some sort of battle with Naomi. I was hoping Naomi was going to turn heel at Extreme Rules and, like, I don't know, cost the Street Profits and help the Usos and join the Bloodline and blah, blah, blah. Look, Naomi, you and I know, is insanely talented and there is still a lot of public support behind her. And when she's given the opportunity and given the exposure, she can be a bit of a game changer for WWE. You think back to, like, the buzz around her after that Royal Rumble performance that they just did nothing with and just put her with a tag team with Lana or whatever it was. She's in this weird space where she's getting fined for asking to do her job. And Sonya Deville not only is just pissed off uh, for, for having the temerity to ask or, you know, come down to the ring and... and take a moment of the, this this precious show's time that there's a, just can't squeeze you in this week, that even on Raw this week she was taking shots at Naomi. How are you feeling about another authority figure storyline? We'll want to describe this face to the listeners. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like you've sort of fallen asleep on a train with your arm, you know, propping your head up, but you're also just fed up of this bollocks you know maybe you've got some you're not in this job obviously because you love spending hours in a studio with me but you've got something at work where it's like i'm gonna need you to go ahead and uh, work the weekend because we've got some reports that need to be and you're like on the train home on a friday night you've gone off oh, f- that's your face right now yeah it's funny you invoke like my admin background because the administration of professional wrestling is boring and it's been WWE's bread and butter for however many years. Like, it's a vehicle to get Naomi over or back on screens, which I guess is better than nothing. But the implication is, ah, it's a bit rubbish, not worth the time of management. And let's face it, this isn't really resonating with the same heft as Daniel Bryan in 2013, is it? <laughs> it absolutely isn't that. Um, this kind of thing doesn't really work without an organic fan uproar that is like fictionalized in the TV product is sort of a way to capitalize on fan sentiment and uh, simultaneously reassure them mm-hmm. that uh, they, they are actually doing something with this person. And that doesn't really work because they did it with Daniel Bryan, but that's the bait, that's the aim, the objective. But it's like a lot of people like Naomi, trended like en masse as you were uh, pointed out, but like Realistically, I think a lot of people had given up on her having a career after that tag run with their headliner. So it's not as if everyone's like, oh, poor Naomi, do more with her. Oh, yes, this is more like it. It's just like, without that fan sentiment, like, surging through everything, it's just, oh, people think she's rubbish then in, in management. I just, I think this is rubbish. I generally think this is rubbish. 
Um, I think it just makes Naomi look bad. I can't be honest with it. Look, the nicest thing I can possibly say about this is Sonia Deville had the worst experience or one of the worst experiences anyone could possibly yeah. ever have. If, and I re- it's such a shame because she was one of the best things about early 2020, legitimately, really was. If this is a vehicle for her to come back and have a match and she's finally developed the confidence to do that, I'm 100% behind it. And this is the first time you'll ever hear an earnest voice from me on a WWE preview podcast. Legitimately, if this is the case, I won't care about the regurgitated creative. I will just be happy that it's actually happening. I was literally about to say that. I was going to say, look, it's a copy of a copy of a copy, like you say. Um, I have faith in Naomi, you know, putting her all into it. Whether WWE back her up with that, I don't know, or undercut her at every moment and try and make her seem unimportant, which, why would you do that? But then it's not exactly like they've never done that before with people that we're meant to care about. Like I say, all that to one side, if if this is just a way to get Sonya Deville back into the ring, I am 100% behind it, even if it is, a a, you know, like I say, a very sort of played out storyline because... I want to see Sonya Deville back in the ring, and I can't think of anyone better than to have a first match back in with than Naomi. And I think it could be a really intriguing story, and and where we go from there is is a whole other kettle of fish. But yeah, hopefully, this can there can be some good come out of this tired bollocks, basically. But let us know your thoughts ahead of SmackDown tonight on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch, they can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M. Sidgwick. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. And make sure you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. The AW Rampage uh, preview coming later on today as well as WrestleCulture with a hashtag Bloody Good Quiz. And then next week, we'll, of course, be reviewing both of those shows as well. But for now, this has been the SmackDown preview. Enjoy night one of the draft. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 